the Johnny O Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny O. This podcast is brought to you by Top Billing Entertainment, produced by Asylum Recording Studios and the great Mr. Zills. Do you like to party? Then RepCPS.com is for you. RepCPS started out as College Peep Show, a simple Snapchat account that shared submitted pictures of people having a good time. It has grown into a huge merch company. They offer an entire clothing line, patches, stickers, and more with hilarious party scenes. Go to repcps.com today and use promo code JOHNNYO for 10% off at the checkout. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Johnny O Podcast. Guess what? We were down three weeks because we had some technical difficulties with a guy cutting a pipe up above the studio that kind of flooded us out. And now we're back. So we apologize for being down three weeks. Tonight we welcome Johnny Rhodes from 97.3 The Rock, program director extraordinaire, longtime friend since high school. We won't go back how far that is. But how you doing, Johnny? Wonderful, man. Glad to know that water and electricity still don't mix. (laughs) (laughs) Quick story about that. Today, I'm putting plastic up on my mother's windows, and I'm in the bathroom, and I have her hair dryer, and I'm blowing the, the plastic to shrink it, and I have an extension cord, and I'm standing on the toilet, and I look down, and the extension cord plug's just about to hit the water. <laughs> so I almost died this morning, but here we are recording a podcast. I'd have been bummed. It's my very first podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> you would have missed it out. I would have I would not have ever done one. So so let's let's talk about it a little bit. So John and I have been friends f- since high school. For sure, like 91. Oh, it's it's brutal. Uh you want to hear a funny story. So we're about to leave the house to come here. And my wife stops me. She says, "All right, I'm going to tell you something about the podcast tonight." I'm like, <laughs> "Tell me how to run a podcast because, you know, tell me." She says, you and John are going to go down memory lane and talk about all your high school stuff, but he has so much value to add with his musical experience and his talking to bands and his radio experience. Don't go too far down the rabbit hole with your high school bullshit. She's probably right, but that sounds like no fun at all. <laughs> she literally said that as I was leaving. I told her I was going to say it on here, and she, you know what? So what? I but, don't want to talk about work all night. But anyway, let's 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 just get a little synopsis. So me and you, high school, nineteen. I graduated ninety two. You graduated ninety three. Yep. So we're old as fuck, but we have old as experience. Um, and you, when did you start in radio? Pretty much right away, like hanging out at. Neil's house. Yep. Neil Stokel. You know what's funny is we talk about Neil. Daryl Keck's been on here. We talk about Neil oh, a yeah. lot. <laughs> like, like Neil's a, I got to get Neil on here. Like, come on, Neil. <laughs> I'll try to make this 30 seconds. Uh, Steve Hammer was hanging out. He went to Wallert and he said one night, everybody was just hanging out at Neil's because that's where his drums were. And it Everyone, was just a hangout house. Uh, Neil's house, his parents were cool as shit. And Steve was leaving. It was a weekend, and he was leaving at like 1130 at night, and he says, I got to be on the air at midnight. I was like, Did that guy, because I didn't know Steve yet. I'm like, that guy just say he's going on the air? He's like in high school. Like, yeah, yeah. he's on, uh, he was on 105, KLA 105. He was doing the overnight. Yep. And I was just like, no fucking way. So I I got back home. I threw my radio on, and I just laid in, just laid in my bed in my room and listened. And sure enough, about 10 minutes after midnight, Steve signs on, and I'm just like, I was just hanging out with that dude. Yep. So definitely got the bug then. Uh, going to NICC, one year into that, I heard WSUP in Platteville. 
They had the heavy metal meltdown. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. So here, so we have a national audience. So we're gonna we're gonna put ah. NICC is a local college to where we're at. Platteville is a local college as well, and or a local town where we're at. Yeah, community college. I heard the DJ on the air at the community college station say he needed some summer help. So I just drove out there, and he was there, met him, and he says, "Yeah, I just need people on the air. I want to stay on the air this summer because all the students would leave. Mm-hmm. So the radio station was just kind of in limbo." And he, uh, I got my FCC license. He, he taught me the basics. I worked for free. There was no money, of course. It's a college station. He says, you're not supposed to be on the air, technically, because you're not a student. So if anybody yep. gives you a hassle, just tell them you're going to enroll in the in the fall. I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> you know cool. what's funny is how you said I work for free. It's like bands, comedians, people I interview, they're like, oh, the first three years of my life, I didn't make any money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's how you, you cut your chops, right? Yeah, I just thought it was cool. And so, and at that point, I mean, this is going to date us even better. <laughs> this is like 1994. So because I got to work there over the summer, I got to have a tape. I had an air check tape. Like you could save, you could record just your voice Put it together, mix it together. So you have an, it's like an audition tape. Mm-hmm. So when I found out uh, Cat FM was hiring a part timer, I was able to go down there with a the tape and listen. And they and so your audition tape, yeah, basically. Wow. And uh, started part time and then just, you know, I, that's a long story, but I mean, just like anything else, two to three years part time working more than full timers because back then no computers. Yeah. So oh, yeah. anytime someone's sick, that's why I, I quit going to school because. You know, if they call you, it's like, hey, the, the midday guy's sick. Can you cover his shift today? It's like, oh, let's see, English class or go be on the air. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and and it's it, you learned the experience you learned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the experience you learned. That was, uh, hi, I'm Kamala Harris, using weird words <laughs> that I don't know how to fucking say. What I'm trying to say is experience trumps school. I went, I personally worked for years not years, but six or seven years before I officially went to college, college. And when I got there, the teachers were teaching me shit that I already knew. So yeah. you know what I'm saying by that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't I don't know what radio school is. It, it's there. It would have been it's, a it's waste valuable. of time for you. <laughs> it would have been. It's probably valuable. I mean, I we work with people who have gone to it. But yes. uh, yeah, no, I just. God bless them. And when I was a part-timer, I mean, back then it was CAD and KDTH together. Uh, 97.3 was not even there yet. They were nope. building it at the time. And, you know, you just showed up everywhere. If you heard she was doing a live remote down there, you'd go hang out. If you mm-hmm. heard someone was going to be at this event, you'd go hang out. You'd just always be there. So it's the, the way I looked at it. Yep. Oh, yeah. So so I'll be honest with you. I always thought your start was on 97.3 The Rock. No. But, and it wasn't even called The Rock then. It was just 97.3. That was uh, classic hits, great rock and roll. Classic hit. <laughs> Listen to you do the, <laughs> it's awesome listening to you. I remember now, like I had a flashback to it. But, uh, and then it, one of the defining moments for me is, it, it, we'll, we'll fast forward, it, it was 97.3 classic hits, rock and roll. And then, and then it got bought out to be 97.3 The Rock. And I remember the... Back in my life, when I was in marketing and advertising, my salesman for that radio station came to me, and he was nervous to tell me. Remember, Steve? Mm-hmm. He was nervous to tell me because oh, the, the the company <laughs> I worked for kind of conservative, and he's like, "We're going to make a format change." And I remember we were having lunch, and I said, 
please tell me it's going to be a rock station. Like me and him are having lunch. He's like, how'd you know? I'm like, because I've been wanting that <laughs> forever. Like best thing that ever happened. And it was station, exciting. Yeah. Oh, and it's been growing awesome ever since. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's cool. It, my, my owner called me in. You know, he, he loved to do this. He loved to do this, Tom. He would, wouldn't do it a lot. He would call you in like for a meeting and give you the impression that Nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do it a lot, but he did love to do it. And he brought me in for one of those. And it, it was to tell me that, you know, he wants to change formats and he wants yep. me to build a rock station. And I remember going back into his office 10 minutes later, like, you're not kidding, right? Like, like really? Do you know what this means? Because I got a list of bands ready in my back pocket. I could, knowing, knowing us and what we grew up with and the music <laughs> we listened to, you were probably giddy. Like, I could only imagine. It was weird, you know, and, and that experience, too, is like, okay, music is one thing. Until you actually take control of a station and learn how the schedules work <laughs> and, and how to make it sound good, it, it's ridiculous. It's it's not rocket science, but it is a science. I couldn't only imagine what what it was like to to build it. I mean, you built it from scratch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We uh, it, Everything we had was, you know, dude, when, when KGR, I was a classic rock station. I, I've listened to a hundred cents. Not not one has touched it. No. The way those guys, you know, Steve built it. I mean, mm -hmm. it was so damn good. And no one's doing it right anymore. But we just had to change it because the market was saturated with classic hit stuff. So yeah, and if you were from our local area, you would know the market was super saturated with it. A lot of hit stations and just no rock. I mean, just you know, Metallica needed a home. They did. Oh, <laughs> did they ever? Seriously, when me and Steve had that lunch and he was telling me about it, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. I could not wait for it. I was so excited for it, and then and then you guys built it. And to this day, you're, you're still building it. You're not built. The station's established, but I've had on this podcast many bands that have come through town that you have been so good to and took care of. And they, if, if you went back and listened, this is number 20. Thank you, by the way, for doing number cool. 20. If you went back and listened to the last 19, at least 15 of them, your name comes up about through the bands I interviewed and how gracious you are to them and how good you are to them. And, and it, it, like you have so much love from the, the national music community. It's cool. It, it's cause when we started the rock, I was begging, like I had no contacts. Yep. Good luck emailing Sony or any record label out there. Good luck. Oh, Call I know. Them. I mean, I know. there's, there's no one you can talk to. So you just, you're throwing everything out there. Hey, we just got this rock station. We're, we're killing it. We want to do this. Can I get this interview? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just you meet a couple guys, you make a couple of contacts, and it just eventually you know people. Well, that was the same way with me with Top Billing. So 10 years ago or so, I my first show ever, well, first two, because I used the same booking agent. The first one was Tantric. Second one was Otherwise. I had stopped, started Top Billing Entertainment. And I, I did some trade shows. And I'm like, I want to do a rock show. And and Jeremy Patrum bought the venue. Mm -hmm. And we did Tantric on a Sunday, otherwise on a Wednesday. And I mean, the their booking agent, I mean, I practically had to, for lack of a better term, 
You know, I'm not going to say it. I, I had to kiss his butt. I was going to say something <laughs> way worse, but I had to kiss his butt. Like, come on, please, 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 please. And and he he gave me a, sh- a chance. And we booked those two shows. And Tantric was huge and otherwise sold out on a Wednesday night, middle yeah. of the week, 300 and some people, which in this little club, if you would have been there that night, it was ridiculous. I was in Hugo's prayers that night, too. Were you in there? Weren't you in the... Were you in that when we were backstage right before Tantric went out? <laughs> he was something He odd. calls the band around. Everybody, yeah. they all put their arms around each other like you've seen in a million, million yeah. of videos. Yeah. And he, he yells, Johnny, get over here. So I get over there. He ramps me in and he, he says a prayer for the band and for the venue and, and for, for Johnny for bringing us into Dubuque and our new friend Johnny Rhodes. And we pray for his night and his—I'm just like, this is weird and badass. Yeah. <laughs> all I remember is— he came out of their RV and he came down the steps and he was smoking a cigarette and he just flicked it across the goddamn green room. Like, boop, no rhyme or reason. Just, I don't even know where it landed. It could have burned the whole goddamn place down, but he just flicked it across uh, the whole goddamn place. And then he came in and he was, and, but then they killed it. Cause Hugo, I'm not gonna lie. Hugo was an odd dude. Like, like Jeremy had to take him to Walmart shopping, and he needed a new pair of pants and a new cover for the couch in the RV. So I don't know what the fuck happened in there. And and then when I had to pay him out later, he was going through every cabinet in that RV looking for something. He never did tell me he was looking for. Can I? And I'm like, can I just pay you? But when he stepped on that stage, he like flipped a switch. And I booked him a couple three times since then, and it was every time like. You know, but uh, and then otherwise came in and they were just ridiculous, insane good. I mean, yeah. And then they hung out. We went to East Dubuque after that and we sang soldiers in a bar off the jukebox. They were just cool as shit. Rockers either show up like like it's a business meeting or or, or they're Hugo. Yeah, or they're, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And and the otherwise guys have progressed over the years. Like that show, they showed up like party and then uh, you could tell as the years went on i booked him a couple more times it got more and more business which is fine oh yeah there's nothing wrong with that but it's just it was awesome you know what i mean and so so back to the point is you trying to make contacts at the radio station me with top billing you just got to keep after it i mean i email you know how many times i bet to this day i still get turned down i mean for stuff i i there's a wonderful, cool YouTube podcast called Kill Tony. Tony yeah. Hinchcliffe. Oh, he's great. He's awesome. And I emailed him while I was watching it about six months ago. Not him, but his booking agent. And they saw one thing at Dubuque, Iowa. And he said, within 10 minutes, he emailed me back. Nah, we're not interested. I'm like, you didn't even look. I said, you saw Dubuque, Iowa. You looked up where we were on the map, and you didn't look. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not it at all. And he gave me some whatever. But you know what I mean? It's just like Dubuque, Iowa, if it's a Des Moines or something. So you you got to struggle a little bit with the word Dubuque. Well, I just, I assure the listeners all the time, and I'm not making it up, if you go and support these shows, they will get better. Oh, you've, absolutely. It's got to start somewhere. I mean, and you've, you've got to go see bands to to get to know them. Like, you know, great example is Boboflex. I mean, mm. we, we played Bury Me With My Guns on the Air for, for four or five months. I liked it. Great tune. Then they're coming in town, and uh, they weren't even playing the first time they stopped by the studio. Their their rep just called me and says, Bobleflux can stop by the studio on their way to somewhere. Saturday morning, like 10 o'clock, can you meet them? And I'm, that was the first time I had done this with the band, so I'm like, sure. I don't know. I bought donuts. 
<laughs> and they're the coolest motherfuckers ever. Marty's and done the podcast now all twice. Friends, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't my, know. Well, my point was, then when I saw them live, I became a groupie. Oh. You know, I, I liked the music, saw them live, and, and it was 100 times better. And there's, oh. I could name 20 bands like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. So you're, okay, so just so everybody knows, you're going to hear some squeaking. We got some new roller chairs here. I don't know if the squeaking's going to roll up zills will probably work his magic and he'll be like why the fuck do you even bring it up but if you hear squeaking it's just us rolling around in our chairs the studio got rearranged a little bit so now we're in nice comfy chairs we used to be in these weird awkward chairs at, at a table but the radio anyway. station chair it always slowly goes down <laughs> yeah so so yeah so if you hear a little squeaking that's what it is i'm zills left the studio for a minute he'll come now back i want to move mine to see if mine squeaks here, here, yeah. Bit. So he's gonna be like, "You motherfuckers, why did you talk about that?" <laughs> so, anyway, hear it. Oh, I did that. <laughs> Mine's the worst. Don't pause. Keep talking. But anyway, we we were talking about. I, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, th- that's my favorite part about my podcast is I just go off on a tangent and I lose my thought. We we're talking about Bulbaflex. Oh, so take me through your experience over. So in radio, what are you going on? 20, 30. 30 years. Oh yeah. So tell me about people you met, people you, and I'm not asking you to name names, but tell me about, like, you don't have to say who, but did you meet a dickhead or, you know, because with me and Top Billing, I've had that experience. Like, most guys are cool as shit, but you always meet that one, like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking mouth, you dickhead. All the years of classic rock radio, those guys weren't as friendly because they've been doing it for so long. So sick of it. And what what can I ask them? And uh, so they, they, they were... It was either yin or yang. I mean, yin or yang. Sometimes they were cool. Like the nicest guy on the planet, he hit on my wife and made her feel special was Eddie Money. (laughs) Really? Eddie Money was the greatest. (laughs) And you're like... (laughs) I don't know. I just kind of edged her. I'm like, it's Eddie Money. Yeah. Like, honey, you know, it's for work. (laughs) So the classic rock guys were all just... They were just a little... uh, Just kind of want to get in, get out. Uh, the the young rock guys are the greatest because they're hungry. And oh yeah, they're they're happy for any any attention you can give. With the local Julian Dubuque International Film Festival, getting to hang out yep. with like some big movie stars like Gary Busey oh, has yeah. been wacky. Yeah, so tell me about G- Gary Busey. I mean, that I dude- had the most awkward moment of my life with <laughs> Gary Busey. I want to hear the story. So, we're hosting the awards for the Julian Dubuque International Film Festival, literal an international film festival here in Dubuque. Uh, yeah, look him up online; it's great. Gary Busey was here one year as a guest to support his foundation, and he was a guest of honor. So I got to interview him a couple of times. Pretty run of the mill. Two years later, he comes back. He's in a movie, so this time he's nominated with his with his crew for an independent film he did. And so now he's being goofy, and the interview was weird, and he was a little, just a little, little off. So later that night, <laughs> it's after the award ceremony, I got to – I wasn't hosting. I was just introducing a, an award. So after I did my part on stage, I didn't want to go back in there. So I went to the Five Flags Atrium. I saw a bar. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get a beer. So Here's I get a, a bar. beer. I see Gary Busey sitting at this table right next to the bar. No one's in this atrium. Keep in mind, there's like 18 people in the whole Five Flags area. They're all in the theater. Gary Busey's sitting there eating. I'm like, oh, there, Gary, this is kind of cool. I'm not going to bug him. Yeah. So as I'm getting my beer, Gary Busey looks up to me and he yells, hey. I'm like, oh, shit. He's yelling at you? Yeah, looking right at me. Come here. Pushes a chair out. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Like He's inviting me to sit down. This is great. (laughs) 
this is Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon. Uh, name a name hundred things, yeah. So I sit down, and, and he looks at me. How you doing, man? And so I just start talking, like I'm nervous. I'm like, great. Nice, nice. So I'm glad you came back. Uh, I heard your wife couldn't make it this time. Uh, tell her I said hello, and I go, hey, I can't hear a word you're saying. And I just <laughs> stopped talking. And he points to his ear, and he says, I forgot my hearing aid. And so we're just staring at each other. I'm like, the fuck did you call me over to sit down? <laughs> so now he's just staring at me, like, continue talking, even though I can't hear you. So I just sat there staring at him. It might have been eight seconds. It felt like two hours. And then his film crew came in. I said, hey, I'm going to go talk to Jameson. He goes, all right, man, see you later. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But but you had some experiences with Zach Wilde, too, didn't you? That was before radio. But that was before radio. I remember you telling me that. Didn't you write him a letter or something? I did. It was like, like a letter. Like this is when you'd write a letter and put a stamp on it, correct? When I bought his Book of Shadows CD, his first solo CD, on the back of it were all these websites and email addresses. And uh -huh. I didn't know what those were. I asked Paul, my boss, I'm like, what are these? He goes, well, that's a website. Yeah, what's a website? Can you imagine back in the day, my 15, oh, sorry, 16-year-old son sitting here listening and we we were around when websites were invented. Like, remember? I had no idea what it was. I didn't he either. He goes, well, it's on the internet. Again. What's the fucking internet? <laughs> What's the internet? So Paul <laughs> sets me down. He logs me on to Zach Wilde's website. So here I'm, I'm at the radio station all night. This is back when I'm like 21, single. I'm just at the radio station all night on Zach's <laughs> website looking at pictures and, and tour dates. And then there's this section that said, contact Zach. So I click it, fill out an email form. Send him an email. It's a very heartfelt email. You know me. I got one tattoo. It's Zach's guitar. Yeah. I was a disciple as a, a young guy. So I read Zach this very nice letter. You and know. you're a guitar player. So that we'll put that in there, I'm too. I'm a guitar player. I'm just like, Zach, I'm like, your music's so important to me. Uh, thank you for everything. I've watched you, blah, blah, blah. I went full on, just, you know, groupie. And I get a call two nights later from his webmaster. He goes, hey, John, my name's Randy. I'm, uh, I run Zach's website. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. He oh goes, my God. yeah, I got that nice letter. I'm like, you read my letter. <laughs> See, back <laughs> then they probably, they probably got like <laughs> 20 a day. Now well, it's no, probably it was, 6 million a day. Yeah. But holy shit. So he just says, you know, he goes, yeah, you sound like you're a big fan. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are the cops coming? You know? <laughs> I got a little mushy in there. And he invited me to come down. He says, he said he ran Zach's website, and he's never even met Zach. And Zach invited him to hang out for a couple of days in New Orleans. And if you want to go, we're leaving Saturday. So I, hell, I jumped in my car, drove down to St. Oh, Louis, jumped in his story. car. We drove down to uh, down to New Orleans, and we hung out for two days with Zach. And and you know, and the cool thing is, he That's never knew insane. he never knew I was a fan. Like he just thought I was Johnny with Randy. So he thought you were with his yeah, webmaster. Yeah. So I got to really get to know him. Like we became friends for a couple of years. Like I had his number. Like we would yeah. talk. I've been talking to him for shit, twenty. So we can't years. call him right now. We can't. No, no I lost that. But, I'm sure uh, it's changed nine thousand no, times. Yeah, and this was back, you know, when he was off Ozzy and he was just doing his solo stuff, and he was yeah. touring the country in a minivan. It was uh, phenomenal. But his solo shit was. I mean, best. it was. Think of think of them songs from his solo albums. It's the best. Ugh. They we were, could do a Zach pod sometime where I could just talk more about that because well, it was We'll schedule that. Wild. And you know what? And and I'll get them on. I promise you. The the crazy thing about my podcast, and I've had some crazy motherfuckers on here. I mean, I had the dude that stormed the Capitol with his— Oh, yeah. I heard that. That was a great uh, pod. Yeah. And, and now he's running for 
Arizona Congress and and he's and now some new stuff come out. But it's all about just reaching out. I just I there's a now through social media, everything. I I just messaged him on Twitter. Like, do you want to be yeah. on my podcast? And he messaged me back. Well, what is it about? I'm like whatever you want it to be about. It's very casual. You just tell your story. And I caught some heat. Like people are like, you put that fucker on there, this, that, and the other. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. It's not, you know, it's not <laughs> like I said, yeah, we should have burned the Capitol down. I said, I just wanted him to tell a story. And he had a super interesting story that has yet to play out in the media. And, and it's coming out now slowly, even today, it's coming out some of the stuff about it. But 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 it's all about reaching out. My whole point going back is everybody I've ever had on, I either worked with them or it was just a blind email. Again, Joe Exotic, he's yeah. come. He's going to be on here. I just reached out to him again today, but he, he he loses his phone privileges, and then he for a month. So hopefully next week he gets them back. Um, in a week. So when you hear this on Friday, the following week, he gets them back. So hopefully we'll have him on. Yeah, hopefully. But he, as soon as he gets them back, he runs his mouth and then they take him away again. So that's there. But but it's just like, if you are persistent, you know what I mean? I can't even imagine back, like, with Zach Wild, like, the internet was new. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and they're all just, they're all just dudes. Yep. You might catch them on a good day or a bad day. Oh, yep. Yep. I geeked out, uh, on the tour bus uh, two summers ago in Slaughter was at the fair. Yeah. And they invited me back because I've I've been friends with those guys, just radio friends for, for a long time. And so I, I they invited me back. And so we're hanging out. I got there really early. And their tour bus was filled with beer. I mean, they had great beers. They just had locally. I think I think family beer stocked in it. <laughs> I saw a sticker, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. But and so uh, I got hammered. I had to do a couple stage introductions, not a big thing, but uh I got hammered. And so we're just hanging out and uh, I, I geeked out on him. I said, you know what, guys? I said, you guys came to Dubuque with Kiss back in like 89 oh, or I 90. was there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I said, I don't know if you guys remember what it was like to be 15 and a rock band's coming to town that you saw on MTV or, or you saw in Hip Parader. And I'm like, and there you were. I'm like, there's Did you a, say Hip Parader? Holy oh, yeah, shit. And I'm like, there's the goddamn Bart Simpson guitar. And I said, I can't tell you how I felt as a kid when you guys came to Dubuque and holy shit, there's slaughter. You know, they're not, I mean, I didn't say this, but they're not the greatest band in the world, but they were no, superstars. But, but they were slaughter. They were Fly superstars. The angels. And here they are. So I, I geeked out and they stood there smiling at me like they were beaming. Yep. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know if I should stop. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, all right. Wipe the drool off my chin. They're like, are you going to get on your knees? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, slow down a little bit. But they we were great. It. No, they, they gave me a big hug and they said, brother. And then they started telling me things, you know, and I said, just what you didn't know back then. Like, you know, I didn't know that you guys were in Vinnie Vincent. The invasion. Oh, God. And Can that's you... when Dana Strum told me. And I bet you didn't know I introduced Randy Rhodes to Ozzy Osbourne. I didn't know that story. I'm just like. What? Oh, it's, so. it's crazy. Even the stories I've learned on this podcast about people introducing and stuff. You know, I had, well, I'm not going to list it. People, you know what you want to know? Listen. <laughs> but it, the stories are crazy, crazy, crazy. But, I mean, and even the stories from when we were kids. I mean, Sebastian Bach 
literally picked me out of a crowd <laughs> and and held me like a baby and rocked me and pretended like he was going to throw me I off. I could show you where I was standing in the crowd <laughs> when he did that. I remember and, that. And I was on a 10-foot riser, and I all I remember is grabbing his hair, like, please don't throw me because it was going to be a 20-foot drop. He sets me down. I jump. I break some dude's nose. He comes up, blood everywhere. Oh, and, he, no. and he's like, I'm like, I'm dead. I was literally like 15 years old. I'm like, I'm dead. He's going to murder me. And the dude's like, yeah, and he's high-fiving everybody. Blood <laughs> is splattering all over from his nose. No one gave a shit. But that, those Kid are the Ro stories. Yeah, Skid Row. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then after the show, he came out, and he had a three-gallon jug of wine. And I'm literally 15, 16 years old, and he hands it to me, take a drink. So I'm on the street next to the Five Flags Arena yeah. taking a two-handed drink out of this jug of wine just to – Make him happy because it's Sebastian Bach. Met Dimebag Daryl the same day. Mm -hmm. So, holy fuck, what a day I had. But it's a crazy story. Sebastian autographed my hand <laughs> at that same spot where you were because I had my ticket out. And I, I said, can you sign my ticket? And he just, <laughs> you know, he just he wrote so, all over my arm. He couldn't stand. He was so fucked up when he came yeah. out of that show. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Dimebag, before the show came out, and I was just standing by the, the door of the bus and Pantera opened for him. The yeah. bus doors opens. It was like Cheech and Chong movie. All the marijuana smoke comes rolling out. And he comes out. He had a blue goatee. And he said, I need some food. And I don't even remember who I was with. I might not even known who I was with. And we took him down to the local McDonald's about a block away. And he ate. And he came back. And I thought, cool, we're going to get on the bus. We come and he just high five. Thanks, man. And he went and shut the bus door. <laughs> Dude, how did our paths not cross at that point? Because... I got a pan Pantera story from that tour, too. Yeah. Neil called from Cathedral Square, the workout center. We were all there. Yeah. And he's, yeah. So we walked down uh, to meet um, Rob Afuso, the drummer for uh, Skid Row, because he was down there working out. Oh. So we were hanging out with Rob. Then we were walking back to Five Flags. We saw Vinnie Paul walking toward the buses. So we're kind of like, hey, cool, Rob. Later, dude. And we... Take off running toward Vinny. He sees us, so he starts walking fast. Yeah. So we catch up to Vinny, and we grab him just before he gets in the bus. And we said, hey, Vinny, dude, welcome to Dubuque, man. And he goes, I am Vinny. And we're stopped. We're like, we're looking at him like, because, you know, back then, all you saw was pictures and albums uh, yeah. or magazines. Or, or, or on, Sometimes yeah. they look different. Yeah. We're looking at this guy like, you're not Vinny Paul? No, man, I ain't Vinny. You want to meet Vinny? I'll go get him. Well, like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll wait here. He goes in the bus. It took about 30 seconds where I'm like. God damn it, that was Vinny Paul. That was, that was Vinny Paul. But see, when Dimebag came out, he came out like he was throwing his shit and he was just looking for something to eat. And I, me, I do not know who I was with because, but, you know, granted it was 30 some years ago, but he just came out like, you know where I'm hungry. And we literally took him to the McDonald's. It was a block away. Yeah, right down there. Yeah, those guys, man, some of those guys can just, they can still pull it off no matter yeah. how messed up they are. Yeah. And he went down and, and then I thought, we're going on the bus. Thanks. I guess back on the bus. Like, it's like, that's cool. And I have a million stories like he that. He was just, so skinny back then, too. Oh, he was like, <laughs> holy fuck. I bet when I was in high school, I, weigh, I weighed 125 and I was about five foot three. And I bet you I weighed more than him. Yeah. He came off that bus. Oh, that, that show, I, people talk about that all the time. That, uh, Skid Row and Pantera on that tour. Why are Skid Row and Pantera touring together? It's like I saw Skid Row open for Soundgarden. Yeah, that's, I was there too. I was yeah, sitting right yeah. behind you. And remember, Chris Cornell jumped on my yes. fucking head. And then I met Chris Cornell 
six months before he died, mm-hmm. and he was about to walk away. I'm like, you jumped on my head at the Palmer Auditorium six six blocks from here? And he turned around, and I have the picture with him. He's like, well, I'm interested now. And I told him the whole story, <laughs> and we had a great conversation about it. That was probably my my biggest fanboy moment when I met Chris Cornell. Dude, it was, it, you texted me that picture, I think, 18 seconds after he left. You sent that to everybody. I texted it to the entire <laughs> fucking world. Like, and then I proceeded to get so drunk, I couldn't drive home. And I remember I was with Jeremy Patrum, and we 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 were about to leave, and he's like, "You can't drive at all, can you?" I'm like, "Nope," because uh. I was so thrilled what happened. And he, I remember, I slept the whole way home, and I woke up, and I woke up to that picture. Like, did that really happen? Because I couldn't believe what even happened. The Palmer is that still there? The Palmer, well, it's Palmer Chiropractic. It was a chiropractic college, and it was in a gymnasium. It was very small. Yeah, it was tiny. Yeah. And 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 and. Skid Row opened for Soundgarden, and Chris Cornell came out before anybody even – he even sang one lyric. He just jumped in the crowd yeah. on top of us. And I remember <laughs> Nokomis, it was our friend, he picked him oh, up. Oh, man, was, I forgot about re- that, dude. Remember him? He was like six foot five, and he just r- grabbed him around the – waist and threw him back on top of the crowd <laughs> and he got back on stage I, if Nokomis wouldn't have been there he probably would have been trampled to death but I just remember him throwing up there and I, and, and I told Chris Cornell that story when I met him he's like are you kidding me I'm like yeah because I saw him at the Adler in Damport and he, the Palmer was just up the street from it it's amazing how many friends those guys have across the country too like they remember I mean if you ever hang out with somebody and have a good conversation they probably remember you oh yeah Oh, he he's he, well. He remembered the Palmer, and he remembered jumping in the crowd. Obviously, he didn't remember us throwing him back up right. on the stage or anything. But he remembered the show. He's a you know, and that was it. Was literally like six months before he died. It was crazy. Like to this day, that's like one of my most prized possessions is that picture. So, tell me, tell me, Zach Wild, you got to have somebody else. Who else have you met? As far as meeting people, like I said, the the movie people are always kind of wild. As far as rockers go, Sebastian was pretty cool. You know, getting getting to say hi to him was just because growing up. Yep. Those first two Skid Row albums. Was that when he came back through? Or I met him the first time at the queue. Okay, when he came back. Yeah. Um, All the Skid Row guys, uh, honestly, the, the the, the best rock star story I've got is probably C.C. DeVille. Really? Yeah, because um, my mom made cookies for poison, <laughs> of course, because you're in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I got to, we took Brett to an autograph signing when they were at the fair one year. And so we spent the day with Brett, but I dropped these cookies off of the band. And so later, uh, we're all waiting in line to, to meet. It was a meet and greet after the show. And so the show's done, and there's a big line, and I found my sister in line. She was like 16, 17. I was like, how did you get in this line? <laughs> She's like, you don't want to know. And the guitar (laughs) tech, his name was Sammy, I'll leave it at that, gave her passes. I'm like, all right, you're staying next to me. (laughs) So I'm hanging out with my sister, waiting to go meet the band, and uh, C.C. DeVille comes around the corner, and he says, and he he sees us all in a line, so he kind of starts putting on a show. He starts talking to people. Oh, yeah. And he says, Johnny, tell your mom the cookies were fantastic. (laughs) And if you ever heard C.C. talk, he's got the most thick East Coast accent. And... My sister says, what? He says, the cookies. They were wonderful. Tell mom thank you. My sister's like, those chocolate chip cookies? 
I made those goddamn cookies. <laughs> and so I'm just, and, and you're like, careful. CC <laughs> says, wait a minute. He said, mom made the cookies. And she's like, I made those fucking cookies today. You gave all those, I made those. And, and it turned into this thing and everybody's standing around just looking at us like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Why yep. is, why is this guitar guy arguing with Johnny Rhodes' sister <laughs> about who made the cookies? Yep. But and, yeah, and he was probably like, well, you come with me if you made the cookies. And you're like, no, 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 slow down. <laughs> yeah, but for me, you know, anytime I got to meet those hairband guys, you know, because it was such a big part. Oh, yeah. You know, the Slaughter guys, Brett Michaels was was great. Uh, you know, Machevic from Steelheart. I mean. Oh, I met him at Co-op Records. Yeah. That was remember, the first time I met them there. Remember they came through town. They were There was three bands. They were the opening, opening act, and they went to co-op records, and he was there, and we were I would, like I had a full-on conversation with them. Didn't even know who they were. So Steelheart is coming. They're, like Johnny said, they're in Dubuque, and yep. there's a meet and greet at a local record store. We didn't even know who Steelheart was, no. really. I no. did not know them. I maybe saw the video for Never Let You Go. Yep, and we're just and there wasn't any uh, nothing. We're just standing in the record store waiting, and all of a sudden these three guys walk in with leather on. We're just kind of like and he and Machevic had the long yes. he had a duster like from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like I got a duster like it and and a leather hat. So I, yeah, we just you saw them in and instantly you're just like you these knew. guys are not from around here. So we we introduced ourselves and we had bought a tape, so they all signed it. And uh, Machevic just says. After we talked to him and, uh, and I, you know, we're so nervous and he was so nice. And after he, he was about to leave and he's standing there with, with his hand up in the air, looking at me. And I'm just like, like waiting for him to slap me. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, don't you leave me hanging brother. And you know, the, the attitude was so different than around yeah. here. I was like, oh, yeah. he just wanted a five. I'm <laughs> yeah. So, so at that show, it was Steelheart. God, who was it? Bullet boys, Tesla. No. It, well, Steelheart was the opener. Great White? Or was that? Great White. Great White. Might have been Great White. I guess it don't matter. But they played, and then during this, the second act, I went out to go to the bathroom, and Mike Machevic was just wandering the hallway mm. at the arena. And I went up, and he's like, weren't you at the record store today? And he came up, and he chit-chatted me up. I'm like, holy shit, this dude, you know, like, talk about, what were we, 16? Oh, yeah. Like, made my yeah, for sure. fucking life. I'm like, holy shit. Like made my life, but God, I, and, and now as I progressed, it's funny we're sitting here. Cause you know, then what, 2020, 21, I, I can't remember, but I booked Stephen Piercy from rat. Yeah. That was a and, great show. And, and just, he walks in and I remember you come up, Oh, you're the promoter of the show. And he's, and he's talking to me and I, I bet you for the first minute, I couldn't talk. I was just like, <laughs> hi. Like, hi. I mean, just because. You're like seeing the video in your head while invasion you talk Invasion of your privacy. You know, like they had the, the out of the cellar, but then invasion of the privacy was the true one because they had the hot chick mm -hmm. on the front. And I'm just like, and that's, uh, I've had uh, his bass player on the show too. But it was just like, I, I didn't even know what to say. You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit. I know. You know I mean? And he was so cool. He was so gracious. He's like, thanks for booking me. And after one minute of me ta not talking, I think he might even slap me in the face like, are you there? <laughs> you know, like, I just couldn't believe I was standing and talking to him. And Honestly, though, in, th in 30 years, I've, I haven't met like a lot of the big, big marquee guys. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're tough. 
They are. You go oh, to yeah. shows, it's it's you know locked. <laughs> but so 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 before I die, and I and we're gonna mark it on here. And if you speak it, it comes true. I will meet James Hetfield. Yeah, I don't. Cool. I I don't want to fanboy him. I just want to say thank you because in. Neil Stokel again. Neil's got to come on this fucking thing. <laughs> he, he got he Columbia House. He ordered Master of Puppets on LP. He got two. He sold me the next one. No idea who Metallica was. I put it on. Addicted ever since. And I was like, holy shit. But but James is he don't like talking to people. I mean, if you watch, if you follow him and watch him and everything. The the meet and greets are always Lars and and everybody. And not James doesn't do it, but someday I'm going to run into him somewhere. I'm going to be like, that's what I hear. You have, a better, you. you have a better chance of just running into him at a market somewhere. And, I saw and a TikTok from last year, and and now someone was at a brewery where they do the picnic tables, and they were sitting there, and he came and sat by himself, sat at the corner. And granted, he don't drink. <laughs> but she's like, oh, my God, did James Hetfield just sit down with us? And it's just a bit, and he was just sitting there drinking a pop, but he was by himself, and he sat at the corner of the picnic table of this restaurant. You know how they don't do tables right. anymore. They do these big Oh, yeah. Thing. And he was just sitting there, like, holy shit. But someday, and Jason Newstead's another one, and he's so elusive because Jason Newstead does no social media, but he's starting. To, he's releasing some new music. He's he? getting back. Yeah, he's getting back. Oh, I follow him like a hawk, and I can tell you where the, his art studio is and everything in Florida. But my wife will not let me fly down there and just like <laughs> stalk him. Like, hey, Jason, knock on the door. He but, seems like he's kind of a weird dude. But he just he like everything's serious. He just doesn't want the spotlight anymore, yeah. you know. And but I remember going to the Metallica show, and it, he shaved his head the day of the show. Oh, geez. And so he had long hair, and he comes out. He shaved his entire head. He was like a cue ball out there banging his head. And I remember going to that show. You know, thinking about it now, probably the biggest rocker I ever met was you were in the room with uh, Slash. <laughs> I mean, yep, I was there. Does it get much bigger than Slash? In rap? I, I well, I met, my I made I met Ace Freely too, but Ace but, just released a new song last week. I saw that on, on your social media. Is Ten thousand volts. Really? What the hell? Is it great? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's if you like Ace. Well, of course. Yeah, but but that when Slash came out, like I'm in this line and I get to meet him, and he comes up. Holy shit! Is he short? Oh my like, god. <laughs> he he was like five five. I was like, he came out and he put his he put his arm on my shoulder. I'm, I'll put it on my social media so everyone can see the picture. But he put his arm on my shoulder and I looked and I look, I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? And then I looked out, like, oh hi, how are you down there? I don't know why. I it, hope he hears this and I don't know calls why, me on so social many, media. So many are. <laughs> so many musicians are small dudes. Yeah. I did a meet and greet with a uh, Cougar, John Cougar. Oh yeah. Smallest guy. Okay. This this is why I'm a radio guy because I have to plan stuff. Uh, I met Eddie Van Halen. You did? Yeah. Holy shit! So, I don't know why that didn't just jump into my head when you asked me, but yeah, <laughs> I met Ed. So that's definitely the biggest rock celebrity. It's got to be What's between ever. Slash and him. Yeah. Yeah. Ed. Oh, Ed. Ed beats him by ten times for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that wow. Was cool. And he and he was he's a little guy too. Yeah. It was at the Hard Rock. This was back when I was friendly with Zach Wild. It was, a, it was a hard rock in Chicago. Remember that guitar player, uh, Jason Becker? He was with David Lee Roth on the Little Absolutely. Ain't Enough 
um, album, and he got Lou Gehrig's disease. But and he did so. He did all the David Lee Roth screams, like wow, you know. David, I saw him in concert, and David Lee Roth was doing the sword shit, and he was doing the screams in the background. Oh, the David Lee Roth, he had it down to he a could tee. do those. Ah, so it's a benefit for him. And Steve Lukather from Toto was there, and Billy Sheehan from uh, oh, Mr. Billy Big, Sheehan, yeah, and uh, all these guys. And uh, so I get I got invited through Zach's guys to go to the Hard Rock. So I'm upstairs. It was a, a private event upstairs at the Hard Rock in Chicago, and I'm surrounded by guitar players. Marty Friedman from Megadeth was there. Jason, <gasps> uh, well, it was all for Jason Becker. I can't remember who else was there, but Richie Kotzen sitting there hanging out with him. It was nuts. And then uh, it's really crowded. All of a sudden, this really big bouncer just politely, slowly elbows me out of the way, you know, like, excuse me, sir, and just pushes you. And I see this little head walk by. And I was like, holy that was that Eddie Van Halen. No way. So <laughs> it was Ed. And the whole place started to congregate towards Ed. So Ed and Steve Luther and Billy Sheehan all went to this table. And the whole place, which I consider was full of rock stars, they all got in line like me to meet Ed. Everybody wanted to meet Eddie. Oh, yeah. And so I got through the line. I got to Eddie. Eddie was uh, just lit a smoke. First time I've ever seen a torch lighter back then. Jesus, really? Yeah. I had nothing to sign. Um, I had no camera. Eddie... Uh, had a marker, and he's, I, I introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm Johnny. I'm just a, a radio guy from Iowa. Got some friends here that invited me. Uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for the years of music. And he said to me, you got something to sign? And I said, no, man, just glad to say hi. And Eddie puts the marker down, gives me a big smile, and holds his hand out. And just, he was just, just for a handshake. Yep. And shook his hand and on to the next one. So, yeah, that was uh, 20 seconds of Eddie Van Halen. That was Pretty yep. fucking cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it, well, again, like with Slash, he came up and just put his shoulder yeah. on it. And I was just like, holy shit. And then Ace Freely, he came up and uh, the Nick, so Nick that does, uh, if you listen to the podcast, our intro is the band Nixon. And Nick is in Nixon. And he, Ace Freely came to Dubuque. And Nick Meyer, who he still needs a date. I He's still looking. I put it out there a few months ago. So if, Nick Meyer from Nixon hit him up on Tinder. <laughs> he hates when I do that. He hates it. He's going to be like, you motherfucker, don't do that. But he needs a date. Um, he, I said, we were, the, we were at Ace Freely's show. And I said, hey, I'm going up to meet Ace. You want to come up? And he's the biggest Kiss fan ever. Like, 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 <laughs> Kiss, like, they could do no wrong. Like, they've done 900 farewell tours. And he's like, it's okay. They're okay. And, um, but he got to meet him. I mean, you, you would talk about, yeah. it'd be like me meeting James Hetfield from Metallica. Like he was just thrilled and All it right. was the coolest thing ever. So if you had a bet, what, what do you think? Is, is Kiss done? The end of the road tour nope. is, is now over. Nope. They're going to do, it, okay. You, you ready? Yeah. They're going to do a residency uh -huh. in Las Vegas and then they're going to hand off the makeup to somebody else. And Kiss will live on forever. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I was hand to make, but I, I'm, I'm, I think it's done. Uh, you, you don't think they'll do a residency? I think they'll do like. Maybe, I never thought of that. Actually, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I emailed it to him. Like, hey, can I be the marketing guy for this? That's that's how I work in my life. I'm like, hey, you know, you should do a residency in Las Vegas. Don't watch. It'll happen, and I won't get a fucking dime. Not a dime. But, but I think they'll do a residency in Las Vegas. And that'll be the end. But I do think they'll do like a kiss 
endorsed tribute show. Like so, some they'll, they'll Gene f- mentioned that years ago. They'll find the best musicians, yeah. and they'll say, "Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, we endorse this." They'll get ninety yeah. percent. The band will get ten. And because we all know Gene Simmons, but that's what's going to happen. Simultaneously that, fire all of the current uh, yeah, tribute bands yeah. and say, no, nope, and, 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 only and one. Trademark the shit out of it so that, yeah. but have you ever seen Mini Kiss? No. I've been trying to book them <laughs> sons of bitches. Mini Kiss, if you're out there, it's all, yeah. how do you say it? Little people? Little people. Yeah, I was careful with that. But they're all little people and they played down some local venues and it, around in our area, but man, I'd love to have them. That Mini band Kiss. the Q has brought a couple of times are great. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's great Kiss cover bands, but man. I think they're going to squash it and they're going to say this is official, <laughs> and goddamn it, it will sue the shit out of you if you keep trying it. Yeah, that was my first official rock concert. It was Hot in the Shade in Dubuque, the Kiss show. That was the Slaughter one, and whoever else was with yeah. them. So my first one, it was. Uh, my mom took me, and we had to cross. There was nuns picketing, oh, picketing it. And my mom, uh, my my mom, I was the my mom was a single mom, and I wanted to see Kiss. And she took me by the hand. I went to a Catholic school, and she crossed the picket line of those nuns. She said, "All right, you want to go? Come on, let's go." And Ted Nugent opened up, and Dockin Tooth and Nail, dude. Talk, dock and tooth and nail. Holy fuck. You want to talk about a How show? How cool would you feel pulling up to your show and a bunch of nuns are picketing? And they I'd were be like. The, the sign said, Knights and Satan service. Bunch of bullshit. And could you imagine my mom? You know, so we're 30 years ago. So my mom was probably 40. Um, 10 and she just got me by the hand like <laughs> my son wants to see this and she walked me across a nun picket line and then the next day I went to the, my Catholic school and said I went and saw Kiss last night you know what I mean half the nuns that taught there probably they might have been down there fucking picketing down there but it was awesome and and that dock and tooth and nail oh my god what a show what a goddamn show yeah I follow George Lynch on social media he's he's pretty fun uh, yeah. Oh, look at Sills coming in with the beers. Cheers. Hardcore. Yeah. But no, nah, but you know, even where this all started with just all these young bands and they stop by and they're they're all grateful and they're fun and it's just all give and take. I mean, yeah. they they do live performances in the studio and that's fun and you know they just hang out and you get a relationship with them and it grows. You know, I hung out with Corky. In Vegas six years ago from Otherwise, who oh, used yeah. to be in the band. So all of a sudden, you have friends all over the country. And now so. he's in Blue Man Group. Like just That's where I met. That's where I hooked up with him after Blue Man. Yep. So. And then uh, remember when uh, you brought Messer through town, mm-hmm. and they wanted to come in the studio, and I owned a bar at the time, and we did the – at lunchtime, we opened up, and they – that was cool as shit. It was so cool. Yeah. And, and uh, every time we do that, we're like, we should do this more often. And then we don't. And we don't. <laughs> but we should. But – yeah, and then uh, local lately we had uh, Pasty Jenny. Yeah. yeah, they came through and great interview with Greg. Yeah, still up on our webpage if you want to. Yeah, go yeah. find that ninety seven three the rock dot com. But yeah, they, that'll take you there. They were awesome, but anyway, so let's let's talk about us back in high school one more time. Mm-hmm. I was told I wasn't supposed to do this by my well, wife. Can we before we even do that? Can we just give a shout out? To the legend, and I was so glad to get to know him in my older years, uh, Rudy Bellman. 
Rudy Bellman was a, a local <laughs> Hempstead teacher, and then he ran the Golden View in his later yep. years, and we tortured that guy in, in high school. Okay, so so you know what? <laughs> this part of the interview is going to be, people are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? But we're going to tell the story of oh, Rudy Bellman. Oh, somebody Bell knows Rudy Bellman. Rudy Bellman. So where we went to high school, I lived across the street from the high school, and Rudy was in charge of, you weren't allowed to leave the campus, but because I lived across <laughs> the street from the high school, I every day on my third period, I had a free hour, I would go home and I would take a little nap. I had about 50 minutes, I'd get home, take a 30 minute nap, go back. But I wasn't allowed. And he had a little blue Skylark. I can't, Buick Skylark. Sure. And, and he, like, I was Rudy Bellman's white whale. He would chase me every day. I'd come across the street and I'd run through the woods and I'd go in my apartment and he'd circle like a shark. Dude, he was a tracker. Yeah, he wanted to bust me <laughs> so fucking bad. And then it got to the point where we were doing this cat and mouse game and I'd get back to school and, and he'd be at the end of the hallway and I'd go, Rudy Bellman. Dude, I would hear you do that from <laughs> two hallways away. And he just, like, that son of a bitch. He wanted me so bad because he wanted to bust me. And I got busted leaving campus. Oh, he busted us times. all. I mean, yeah. it was like a movie scene. You'd be hiding behind cars and he would track you down. Him and Halen, the art teacher. But it, like you'd just be sneaking back in, and all of a sudden, one of the two would just be sneaking with you. Be like, oh, "Where yeah. the fuck did you come from?" And now, God that damn it. now that we're that age, how fun would that be oh. to be trying to chase? That chase would make Tanner. a great movie, though. Like, like the like the like you know, like the movie Tag. Remember that where they played oh, yeah. tag all their life, like where you were trying to sneak out of school. But I remember Mr. Haland. He was the art teacher, and one time I'm sneaking back in. I'm like, I got this shit, and then all of a sudden he's like. Hey, where are we going? I'm like, where the fuck did you come where from? Where did you come from? <laughs> and then away to the principal's office we went. You know well, what I, mean? I can, and I'm comfortable talking about Mr. Bowman because for years he came to the radio station. Oh, he was good shit. Always dropping the Golden View off. And every time he saw me, up in, even into my 40s, he'd be like, hey, there he is. How you doing there, big fella? Good to see you. Turned out okay. He I'm said like, the same thing to me because like, I went bad? on. Well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, because I went on to work at a pretty prominent local company doing all their marketing and advertising. And I worked with his newspaper, The Golden View. And he'd yeah. be like, remember when you were in high school? I'm like, holy fuck, can we not talk about that right now? I know, man. You think he'd think we were like setting oh, off fires uh, <laughs> in the place. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that's a good story, Rudy Bellman. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he. That's, I think we just. I think we lost Rudy not too long ago. It was just a, a, a little ago. over a year ago. Oh, just and a year. I, I, a little over. And but in his older age, he he was hard of hearing, mm. so I'd see him, but he still knew me. But I'd have to scream at him like Rudy. <laughs> hi. I mean, I remember one day and I'm in high high V, the local grocery store. And I'm like screaming at him. People are probably like thinking I'm accosting yeah. this guy, and I'm just trying to have a conversation. Or with somebody him. said Johnny's still yelling at Mr. Bellman. <laughs> Rudy. But I remember, and he turned around and he tried to well, where's that some bitch at? He knew who I Leave was. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry, what else were you going to hit on? Uh, it doesn't matter. My wife told me not to talk about our high school stuff, but she was like, okay, here. So my wife gives me two pieces of advice. One, she said we shouldn't reminisce because mm -hmm. no one's going to care, but people will care. Number two, she always asked me, when I have someone in the music industry, what are you listening to right now? And mm. that's a good question because she, I've asked 
Jerry Montano. I mean, you name it. All these musicians I have on. That what? Oh, I can tell you exactly what I'm listening to right now. What's that? About three weeks ago, I decided to start at the very beginning of the Dream Theater catalog. Oh. And just do album by album by album. And some of these albums I haven't listened to for like 20 years, so I got to listen to it three times. A little OCD with that. So right now, I'm at uh, six degrees of separation. Did did uh, Portnoy go back to them? Yeah, man. So back to a high school story. He was in a, some weird rap rock band. If I wish I would know you were going to say that, but Adrenaline he was, Mob. Yes, they were here like that was in yes. high school. That was like yes, and he was in there. And he, I come out of the show, and he's just standing. By the bus, he had a backpack. I can picture. I'm like, "What are you doing out here?" And we had a conversation, and he's like, "Like that guy gets no respect." Like I, in my opinion, like, mm-hmm. like he's just standing out there, like no one knew who he was. And and in the dream theater world, he is the second the dr- coming. Well, <laughs> they're uh, very happy. And Eddie Trunk would probably suck his dick. <laughs> I mean, it, I, am I lying? If you ever listen to Eddie Trunk, he's like, "Wow." Well, no, I, I, saw thr- Port, I saw Portnoy out there, too, and, and I chatted with him. I didn't get the impression he wanted to talk to me, so I kind of let him he be. Was, he was just chit He's just like, hey, how you doing? But I, I just couldn't believe he was just standing out there, and no one was adrenaline mob. I forgot that about that. That was Godsmack that. night, wasn't it? Yeah, they opened for Godsmack. Yeah, let's not talk about yeah. that. <laughs> There's a YouTube video of me at Godsmack. Maybe jumping off a stage and I hit the ground and some guy kicks me so hard he breaks two of my ribs yeah. and fractures two. And then he went on social media, 97.3 The Rock. This is 12 years ago. I had that conversation printed in my drawer, by the way. You're fucking kidding oh, me. Oh, no, it's there. He bragged about kicking me. Yeah, I'll bring like, it in. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, but I he kicked me. He's. I've never been to a concert where someone got on stage and jumped off stage. Now, granted, I had a few— Okay, co- so what do you do, people? I mean, uh, oh, so you're I at had- a show and you— if you're down in the pit and it's a rock and metal show, you might get jumped on. Yeah. It might suck. But what happened was I someone bet me 100 bucks I couldn't get on stage. And there is a YouTube video out there. So if you want to watch it, go to YouTube. You know what? I'll, I'm going to put a bunch of social media links. But So I get up there, and I, I just run across stage. Security starts coming at me, and I jump. And I'm literally in the air, and there was a guy in a wheelchair in the front. And I'm about to land on that poor motherfucker. And I'm like, so I tuck my knees up, and it turns into like a cannon. So I miss the guy in the wheelchair. I smear half the crowd, which is not cool, but it's, you know, you're still at a Godsmack show. And as I'm on the ground, some guy kicks me as hard as he can. In the ribs, so two broken ribs, two fractured ribs, and he says, how do you like my steel-toed boots, motherfucker? And he rips my shirt off me. I mean, Dude. I'm coming out, but at this point, I'm like, I'm going to jail. because So I just run out and try to be hide myself. Yeah. And and I had a few cocktails that night. The next day I wake up, I couldn't even breathe. Uh. I'm like, and I go to my doctor. He's like, you're a dumb motherfucker. He's like, I'm like, well, can you fix it? He's like, no. Uh, can you tape them? He's like, no, we quit doing that because when you have broken ribs, if they tape them, you can get pneumonia from it. He's like, you just have to suffer for being a dumbass. Literally, my doctor said this to me. Like, my, my, to, he's, my doctor's retired now, <laughs> but he knew me. I knew him. He knew I was dumb. And he said, you just have to suffer. But, but. Remember the social media exchanges? Oh, and this yeah. is when Facebook was brand spanking new. new. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, they were bragging away about kicking you. And, and kicking me and how I, I've never been to a rock show. And I'm thinking, I went to goddamn Slayer when I was 40 with Neil Stokel again. Hey, Neil, you got to get your ass in here. <laughs> and they all sat up in the cheap seats, and I went down the pit, and I got knocked down. And all of a sudden, guys with two guys who had swastika tattoos on their chest picked me up. And also, I'm best friends with the Aryan brother, and I'm like, thanks for picking me up so I didn't get killed, but I also wanted to back myself off from him because, like, don't support that shit. That happened to me when I was 15. I saw Slayer in uh, Cedar Rapids, I think, and I went, at 15, I, similar to you, I probably weighed 112 pounds. Most of that was hair, believe it or not. We both had the longest fucking hair. If you look at us today, you should see us back then. It was beautiful. Oh, I went into the Slayer pit when they were doing the, the mosh. And, yeah. You know, I just got thrown to the ground and it was scary because you can't get back up. And, and it was a real intense five seconds and a very big, you know, stereotypical Harley guy with sleeveless shirt and gigantic muscles grabbed me, lifted me up, got me to the edge of the pit, threw me down quick, gets right in my face. You okay, brother? That's what they and did to me. I said, Same yeah. thing. And he goes, okay, stay the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> But but so so you were fifteen. Fast forward to oh no, I don't uh, go to pits when I we, was forty. We 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 were in Milwaukee and I was oh, fuck forty early forties, and the same thing. But this guy picks me up. But he had and and all of a sudden they but they truly had like tattoos of swastika. I'm like holy fuck! Like thank you for helping me, but we're not friends. You know what I mean? Slayer like, fans love. I was, it, it was rough, but but they did, and and but they were running that pit. Like people would come around, people fell, they picked them up. It's like holy shit! Like it was that'd crazy. be wicked. Yeah. Oh yeah, the you see, we used to wonder in Dubuque when when rock shows would come around. What, what's our population? You know, 60, 70 for it's, the area, uh, thousand. Yeah, easy. We 60, used to wonder. 60. We'd see all these women looking unbelievable. Like you go to a rock well, show, and there's these women just. You, you don't, where did they come from? Yeah, like, exactly. Do you work at Target tomorrow? Who are you? <laughs> and we used to wonder that all the time. I still right. kind of do. All right. So I'm going to say, I'm going to tell the last Neil Stokel story. I'm going to get that <laughs> fuck on here. So we're, we. I'm 17 years old. I can't, it was one of the early shows at the Five Flags. I smoked cigarettes and I lit a cigarette, and this is back in the day with Aquanet hairspray mm-hmm. and the girls with the big hair. And I remember I lit a cigarette, and the girl in front of me had the ginormous hair, and it lit on fire. Oh, shit. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and Neil just starts slapping her in the back of the head. He's trying to put the fucking fire. I mean, her hair is on fire. And he's slapping. She's like, you dick, what are you doing? And I'm just sitting there like... Holy fuck, what just happened? And he was, he literally saved her from losing all her hair. Her hair was singed. You could smell it. The smell. But, but, oh, the smell. But, and that's back when, you know, her hair was, I, it was good that it burned because otherwise I wouldn't have seen the whole show. It burned off the top where I could, now I'm like, oh, good, I can see. But I, I'll never forget. He just started slapping. I never heard that one. In the back of the head. I don't know. It was one of those early shows. But, all right, so Zills has given us the we, we keep it to an hour. Right Zills on. has given us the time. Johnny Rhodes, ninety-seven-three, The Rock. Tell us, uh, where can people find you? Like, well, easy enough. Uh, we have a four radio station company called Radio Dubuque. So if you just go to radiodubuque.com, or we do have an app. Uh, it's one app, so it's Radio Dubuque's app. 
the app will direct you to listen to any one of our stations or go to any one of our pages. Uh, instead of having four individual radio station websites, we just have the Radio Dubuque umbrella. So it works good there. So if you search that, you'll find 97.3 The Rock. I do the morning show, 5.30 until around 9 o'clock, and then I'm on the air till noon. And I'm always there up at yep. university. So if anybody ever wants to stop by and see the place and say, and, hey. And you have great every interviews with bands. And another thing, too, is, you know, we have national listeners. So if you want to check out the radio station, you you just pull up their app. You can listen live yeah. all over the United States. And, you know, I've got so much footage, too, and good audio of, of all these past band oh. live shows and everything. So we'll, we'll get those together on the website one of these days, too. And But, but just listen for now because— you do any band that comes through. One thing that you do do, do 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 do. It sounds like poop. Do do. Uh, one thing that you do is, if the band's not a hack. I mean, I'm sure you get hit up by some bands like, uh, but you pretty much support anybody that comes through town, and yeah. you 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 put their music on the radio. Yeah yeah yeah. They they get the play from you. I mean, you've done it. You you've helped me out over the several years that I've been booking music in town. If a band comes through and they're they're legit, you give them some radio time. And one thing you do for the area rock show or rock audience is help bands out. And that's what I love about it. You don't want nothing in return. You bring them in. You've interviewed probably... Oh, who knows? How many? Hundred, oh, not a hundred. But bands, every band, every oh, time sure. I have a band, here's a new band, and you bring them in, you put their stuff on the radio, so it's awesome. You do a great job for the rock community. Oh, thanks. It's it's fun. I mean, you know, it's better than working for a living. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do a podcast, and, I, and uh, I'm a attention whore for podcasting and whatever, but I could be digging a ditch or whatever every day. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. I, you drive to work in the cold or the hot weather, and you know you realize you get to go hang out in a comfy place and <laughs> yeah. try and count some tunes and I, I, and and talk to cool people <laughs> like I'm talking to you right now. So Johnny, thank you very much. Cheers. I, he came in last minute. Our studio was down. We realized, and John came in and helped us out get this one out. Stay tuned. We got some big guests coming up. So thank you again, Johnny. Thank you. I'll be back. All right. Have Please. a good night. Yeah, we have the Zach Wild conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. That does it again for another episode of the Johnny O Podcast. One more shout out to our sponsor, Rep, CPS.com. Don't forget to use promo code Johnny O, that's J-O-H-N-N-Y-O, at the checkout for 10% off your order.